welcome to our first podcast. I was announcing this on my Instagram channel, my, I think TikTok, did I? I don't really know. Probably. <laughs> I'm Natalia and in front of me is sitting my lovely boyfriend, Michael, and he prepared an intro. He actually wrote it down. It's up to you, baby. All right. So hello and welcome to A Couple To Go, the podcast where we explore topics of the likes of politics, love, science, or whatever comes to our mind at the time, all the while enjoying a cold brew. Or a cold one. <laughs> My name is Michael. <laughs> and I'm Natalia. The song you just heard is Never Lonely by Martin Land. And as cheesy as it sounds, I hope we can help some of you fight loneliness in this time of isolation. For today's topic, we decided to steer away from the current political situation, as it is pretty much all we hear about, no matter what the medium you look at. And honestly, we're getting pretty sick of it. Unintended. Beautiful, baby. Beautiful, but... Honestly, it sounded a bit rehearsed. <laughs> no, I wonder why. No <laughs> Alright, so... Yeah, so we heard what this podcast is gonna be about. I basically had the idea because I really wanted to record a podcast already for a really long time. I love listening to podcasts and I kinda get Michael into it. He's not really listening to podcasts by himself, but sometimes I put one on and we listen to one together and... Once in a while, when we're cooking. Yeah. Michael usually falls asleep, but I still count it as <laughs> listening to a podcast at least for a half an hour. And yeah, I really wanted to create one and we often have interesting conversation. We talk a lot. I don't know if other couples talk that much as well. So today's topic is going to be about relationships and our past relationships. Yes, yes. we're going to talk about our exes. That's something that I think couples should do more often. It can go wrong if you if you overdo it, but I think if you have the right approach, it can teach you a lot about the other person and about yourself. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> so it's going to be about our past relationships, how they influenced us, what we learned from them, how they changed us, and about breakups, of course, as well, because... A past relationship wouldn't be a past relationship if they wouldn't have been a breakup. My English is not the best. I'm not a native English speaker, as you might have uh, already recognized by my super weird accent. You sound wonderful, baby. I sound weird. <laughs> yeah, but before we get to uh, today's topic, I want to tell you something, because I had an interesting conversation with a, with a friend of mine. She's a Slovak influencer. She asked in her Instagram stories about um, about sex. Ooh, spicy! Uh, right yeah, away. yeah, yeah. Okay, this is a, like this is something about relationships, not about past relationships. I guess okay, it could be, but she was talking about her current relationship, mm -hmm. and uh, she kind of came to the conclusion to a specific theory that it's up to the woman in a relationship. We are talking about heterosexual relationships. It's up to a woman in a relationship when and if there's going to be sex or not. And she made this into a, a pool, like an Instagram pool, and asked <laughs> us a question. And, you know, and she was like, so is it up to the woman if there's going to be sex or not? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. And I immediately was like, you know, I want to say no, because I'm like, no, it's a mutual, you know, decision. And like men can have a little bit of two, you know, and I was like, oh, wait, but huh what i think about it wait i think it's actually yes well i think like there's a, a big um, 
not necessarily a preconceived idea, but like generally when you see it in movies or when you see it in stories or it's always whether it's always whether the you know the woman that says no or the, the guy approaching the woman and it's always up to uh the female gender to kind of give the go to the, the, the whole thing so like i'm not i'm not i don't wonder where this question comes from because i think it's i think it's like it's out there uh as to for the answer i think it depends a lot on 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 the couple or on the specific people But in, in, in general terms, I think I think I would tend more towards the yes as well. But isn't that weird, especially for us? Because we are, well, both of us, we would describe ourselves or classify ourselves as feminists, but that means equality. So it means that we as feminists would say that it should be an equal thing. And we can, you kind of want to work towards an equal um, both-sided decision about whether there's gonna be sexual intercourse or not at this right moment. Yeah, I, I think it's a very difficult thing to approach because it's one of those things where you like one might feel like having uh, sexual intercourse where the other one doesn't necessarily feel like having sexual intercourse. And as soon as you hit that you're straight up outside of the of the mm. like feminism question because it's not a question about your beliefs it's a question about how you feel in that moment and no, no it was no what i meant was that yes of course there is you know it can be situations where one party wants to have sex and the other one just doesn't feel like it mm -hmm. it was just it got me thinking into you kind of want to have this mutual you know think where it's equalized But then, from my experience, and from probably also the experience of most of the people, because most people replied with yes, the experience tells you that it's more up to the woman. Yeah. Well, okay, I, I think there's a couple of variables that we can take in consideration. And in, in all of this, like, obviously nothing is proven. It's all out of our ass, uh, if you will allow me the word. Uh, we already said sex, so I think <laughs> ass is not that bad. Um But, you know, like statistically speaking, there's a very high hate, high rate pardon me, of um, like female unsatisfaction when it comes to sexual intercourse in relationship. Like there's a lot of uh, like women that never or very rarely get orgasm out of their sexual relationships. Right. Yeah. Whereas for men, the rate is a lot higher of actually reaching an orgasm during a sexual like. And do you think that it has something to do with um, like, let's say if, if a lot of women can't reach orgasm, do you think it has something to do not if it has something to do but if it has a consequence on their uh, desires or willingness to oh, have you mean, sex yeah you mean like if you know that you're gonna that this is gonna make you feel amazing that you kind of desire it more yeah like uh, yeah like a guy for example like if, it, if it's not if you know that you're gonna reach the orgasm level every mm -hmm. time then sure there's no consequence so there's no there's no like bad feelings about the idea of having sex like it's just fun and you know you're gonna reach your good point but if As a, like let's say you're in a relationship and you you don't always reach the orgasm and you have trouble communication uh, communicating like sexually with your partner and that leads to you not being able to talk about the fact that you can't reach the orgasm and it reached to it, it leads to sexual frustration then maybe it, it affects your desires or to engage in two sexual intercourse yeah so to like dumb it down a bit <laughs> to simplify what you're saying is that a guy will be more willing to have sex at any time because you know he's gonna is gonna be just good and the woman is gonna be like oh yeah i don't know if i feel a bit like it or because it's gonna be a chance nor not a like 
sure thing that she's gonna have an orgasm yeah like, yeah well that's not what i was thinking about <laughs> what i replied to her for me i was immediately thinking about it's an interesting like point that you brought up I, and i think it might be for a lot of women it might probably be the reason actually but what my immediate thought was that we as women have uh, an ovulation so we have you know, this specific hormonal changes. And obviously, when you're ovulating, you have a higher libido because biology. Yeah. And you, even even if you as a man, I mean, I know from, you know, reading through um, studies and obviously I'm a person that's very biologically interested, scientifically interested. I'm not a scientist, but I love science. According to research, men have also um, higher libido levels or lower libido levels. You go through like stages. Yeah. What is different for women that they go through those stages more often. And I think this this now is my uh, um, my thought. Yeah. This is not a scientific proven thing yeah. exactly. <laughs> you, the period when you have higher libido, it's while while you're ovulating. Yeah. And that period is shorter compared to the period where men have higher libido it's quite possible and and it's probably one of those things or i'm gonna i'm not gonna use the word probably i'm gonna use the word possibly it's possibly one of those things where it, in, individually it varies a lot not only for for women but only for also for men like uh a man like there's there's people with very low libido in general and there's people with like a crazy amount of libido we uh, recently binged on the, the Too Hot to Handle show. I'm guessing a few of you probably watched it too. Oh yeah, it's a, it's an original Netflix show. It's a reality show. The concept of the show is to put a bunch of people that are basically, I would define it as like kind of sex addicts. They they are they are fuck boys and fuck girls <laughs> <laughs> that's a very blunt way to say it yeah yeah they don't form deep connections with people uh, yeah. in order to have sexual intercourse they have yeah. a lot of little flings not that that's a bad thing like if you you know if you're aware of it if you like sex and if you just like to have sexual intercourse with other people but those people were specifically chosen because they were unable to form deeper connections and they were kind of like seeing the other gender more as just a sex object. And they were put into um, a retreat for a month where they thought it's going to be a, a big holiday where they're going to have a lot of fun and a lot of sexual fun as well. And then boom, boom, uh, twist, the big plot twist. Uh, in order to win the prize money, they didn't know that there was prize money in the beginning. So they learned that there's a big reward reward, reward of $100,000 in order to win that money. They were not allowed to have sex, kiss, touch, genitalia, have no like sexual connection. And for every... And? Wait, wait, there's a very specific thing as well. Because it would be fairly easy if... You could masturbate, but well, yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> you were not allowed to masturbate, so yeah. it's basically going a month without sexual stimulation. Yeah, without any sexual stimulation. While being exposed to other very people hot people <laughs> that are also very horny. 
Yeah, and for every you know misstep, there would be uh, there would be money deducted from the winning prize, and it would be like a lot of money. So for sex, it would be twenty thousand from the hundred thousand you could win. Would you kiss someone for three thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, but so what did you want to say about about that? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you forgot. Well, I don't know. We really, you kind of ran away with it. I, uh, I just wanted to explain the show to people that haven't seen it. Uh, I, I, I completely forgot. What, what, what were we talking about before? We were talking about the. We were talking wait, about the libido thing. Yeah. About everyone having different. Okay, okay. We, yeah, we were talking about. I was talking about the, the the different people having different libido level. Yeah. It just led to the show because these people obviously had very high libido. I don't know if it was due to their lifestyle because they were used to it. Like, and well, there is also a thing that sex is addictive. Like all, yeah. all oh, good sure. feelings for are sure. addictive. Yeah, it's like sugar. <laughs> but yeah, for example, these people they have a very high level of libido and they're very sexual, very active. Uh, but some other people, like it, it happens that you're not as sexual. You don't need to have sex every day. You don't need to have sex every other day, even. And and depending on your your partner, depending on who you are, your lifestyle, like. There's a lot of variables, and and I feel like maybe for a woman it's more it, it can be more predictable because you have this cycle that repeats every month that is very obvious <laughs> because you literally like you know you have blood coming out of your uh, your body, uh, but for men there's no there's no real like physical sign that you're mm. in a lib in a high libido or in a low libido you kind of just feel it on the moment or just like suddenly you're like ooh you know <laughs> it's happening um so what you kind of feel it like you feel it oh wait now my libido's coming back oh yeah yes come back to me baby <laughs> no but like but you know you're in a situation and you, you start feeling aroused or feeling like and, and, and you kind of just know that you can simply have, sad you know? sometimes you get a boner and sometimes you're not <laughs> not necessarily a boner but like sometimes you just feel it sometimes you just know it like it, yeah, it's I happening i'm just honey i'm just making fun of you okay Give me this little bit of, of joking around. Joking around. <laughs> so yeah, like uh, I feel like it. It might be because they're not synchronized, or for like it's difficult because it's just it's difficult to perceive and to necessarily see it. But at the end of the day, even if there's a difference in libido and the timing of libido, it's about understanding your partner and also being able to like have that conversation because once you have that conversation it's easier to understand the uh, like the, the other's point of view and where the other stands and then because you don't want to be like forcing something on your partner that they don't want right like yeah at the end of the day like if you're feeling super aroused and your partner's not feeling it just go to the bathroom by yourself you know like there's because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that's you can't exactly masturbate what, that's exactly what i told my friend too <laughs> Yeah, I think that that would be generally be yeah. my, my view on yeah, just, that question. Yeah, just to, just to end this up, because we kind of really went with this one. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> to kind of end this up, I just want to say that it's not just the ovulation. The woman can also go through periods of lower libido not connected to their ovulation. That periods of lower libido, that last longer than just affected by, by things like stress factors if you are... Let's say you have your exams right now. Right now, there there's the graduation happening. A lot of people are stressed or not happening as as it goes for my home country, Slovakia. <laughs> I think it's not happening at a lot of places right now. You know what? I watched a, I watched a video about the graduation in Germany. Yeah. Like you know, they don't have states. They have 
Bundesstaaten. It's like, okay, here in Canada have... One of those have, words in German that doesn't translate well. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, here in Canada we have provinces. In the States you have the States, yeah. like, you know, different states. So it's kind of like the States in, um, in the United States. Yeah, so it's like a thing where individual states decide if they want to do the, the thing or not. Okay. Which is a bit weird because plus on top of that, uh, different states graduate in different times. So for Slovakia, all of us would graduate at the same fucking time. Some states already took the uh, graduation because it happened before the virus. Yeah. Some are taking it now and then there's debates happening in the others if they should not allow it or if they should allow it. <laughs> That's kind of a shit show. It's so weird because, you know, that means that some people, if they say no, it means that <clears throat> some people of that year would have a graduation and some wouldn't. Yeah, that's. Um, uh, I think. Uh, I think every every country and every system is going through kind of a, a bit of a rough time right now with this whole crisis. Uh, but we said we wouldn't talk about it. That's true. That's true. So okay. That's... Corona out of my head. Out of my head. Well, now you definitely cannot monetize it. Corona. Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we uh, engage on today's subject more deeply? Okay, so 20 minutes in the podcast. Now I'm going to make the time mark on YouTube. Here we start with our topic, past relationships. All right. Yay. So, baby, how are we going to engage in this topic today? Yeah, so I told Michael to um, maybe look up some articles or if he remembers something he read, he watched or something that I don't know because the problem is we usually, when we see something interesting, we run to the other person <laughs> and tell them about it. So I told him to save it this time if he saw something interesting for uh, this topic so we can talk about it. I did the same. And yeah, so what did you learn? Uh, it's not so much something that I learned, but it's so much something that I uh, revisited. A few years ago, I remember um, hearing or seeing about this, these relationships that you needed or that you would most likely have before you actually found someone to, that you would want to be in a relationship with for, oh. uh, for a long time or for a more uh, stable amount of time. Oh, you mean one of those magazine things where it's like, oh, this is the, this is the five types of girls <laughs> that you're going to meet. The flirty one, the <laughs> crazy one, the needy one. Not the quite. Not quite. <laughs> this is more, it's not about the types of girls that you're going to date before you find the right one. This is about the, find the, the kind of love that you're going to uh, feel before you actually find the right one. Okay. Um, it's kind of interesting. Wait, just before you start, is it like a actual study or something? Is it something scientific? Or this is not study or scientific. It's kind is... of just... This this one is just like a, an article. There there is some um, some deeper studies about this, but this is absolutely not scientific. So take it word for word, okay? Okay. And take I it word for word. Don't no, take don't it. take it word for yeah. word. All right, there you go. Um, so I, I I thought this was kind of interesting, especially for our uh, circumstances, because we both haven't had like I like I didn't have ten girlfriends before you, and you didn't have ten boyfriends before me. So yeah, like having like this like feeling different types of love before getting to uh, a point. Uh, or a relationship that would last a long time that you would it's kind of an interesting take for us because we didn't have a lot of relationships exactly well we had like relationships with people but if you would describe serious relationships each one of us had just one serious relationship before yeah. we met each other that is what i meant indeed okay so the first type would be uh titled the fairy tale love 
or uh, basically, you know, the first love, the magical first love, the one we most likely get in high school where everything is just beautiful. and The one that lasts one week and, and you think that God. you're a relationship expert. Exactly. The one you think that is going to last forever because it is so beautiful and so perfect and you're just and, so happy together. And, and you then a- you realize that, that that boyfriend is not in love with your favorite TV show and you just are like, no, red flag. You know, it's that young, young love where we kind of like try and mold ourselves in something that the other one would like just so they 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 keep like you know the relationship alive and usually yes that love doesn't last for very long or ends like after a few months a few years perhaps if you're lucky Uh, and this is very funny because my first love lasted four years so it definitely did not apply for me (laughs) (laughs) the second love would be the hard love. And I don't think this one needs much explanation. I think I think uh, if you felt it, if you had it, you kind of know it's that love that is very, very drama. Like everything in that love, there's always drama. Uh, it's a love that hurts. Like there's always hubs, there's always down, there's something happening. Like, you know, like everything's going well one day, everything's going to shit the other day. You it's know, kind of... It's you know ca- what's funny? What? That first description sounds like my relationship, but my lasted, as I said, four years. And <laughs> then I had just like little well, flings and then I met you. And the second one, that's your first relationship. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that, that hard love one is one that you feel kind of in an addiction and where when you come out of it it's really hard and you might be in kind of this mood this after relationship mood for a time that you would just consider for to be an absurd like to still be like having this person or this relationship in your mind two years later and just being affected by it still it's like it's a bit ridiculous so it sounds a bit ridiculous but yeah the hard love the one that's dramatic dramatic the one that's addictive but ultimately the one that you kind of mm. realized with some forecast that was just toxic or was like not yeah, good like, for the long term. I feel like my love started as the first one, the fairy tale love, and then it lasted for like three years. And then the last year became the hard love. The hard love. See, for me, I, like, I don't think I, I don't, I, w- I definitely didn't have a girlfriend in the fairy tale of the first love. Um, I, I, I possibly felt it like probably like, crushes yeah exactly I, I had a few crushes when i was in high school and i think i think some of these crushes could fit in that Ow. description oh. oh god she just hit just her foot to, really hard on the table i just wanted to change my sitting position <laughs> and i just bumped my feet um and yeah the second foot. of the the hard love the addictive love it's definitely something that describes uh my first relationship very very accurately and then the third love is titled the love that you never saw coming <laughs> And she is laughing because that title describes pretty much exactly how our relationship began. Um, yeah, because I, I, when I met Michael, I was in a state of, I don't want to have a boyfriend. No, I wasn't in a relationship for long enough. Now I'm going to be single. Yeah. Boom, I met Mike. I meet Michael. Like, I'm from Canada and we met in, um, some of you might know if you're coming from Natalia's uh, social media channels, uh, but we met in Milano, which is quite a bit far away from Canada. Yeah, uh, I'm and, from Slovakia, he's from Canada and we met in Italy. Yeah. Uh, honestly, when we met, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be something that could be possible to maintain because obviously there was the distance, um, but we were lucky enough to be in, in, in situation or in context that would allow us to... Uh, 
keep going with our relationship. And, I'm and very... I was crazy enough to push it forward. Oh, she did. She is the one that came to Canada after our, our time together in Italy. And that definitely pushed the relationship forward. So good job, baby. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you all. Take all the credit. So yeah, the I'm a, I'm a relationship love machine. <laughs> the love that you never saw coming is the love that kind of hits you in the face suddenly. The one that you ne- that obviously you never saw coming that seems too good to be true, and that to be honest, it just like it doesn't feel overly. There's no drama. There's good communication. Doesn't feel overly like passionate. It's something that's like passionate, but it's not like to the point where you want to cry every day or you want to be like jumping off the ceiling every day. It's just the love that feels right. It's the love that's just comfortable, that's really nice, that's really happy. Like I wake up in the morning and I look at her and I'm like, "Oh my god, she's so beautiful. She's next to me and I'm she's amazing and I love her, you know." <laughs> it just it just it just feels right and it's not toxic. So. No, honestly, I think that our love is maybe sometimes a bit too much because when the bathroom door is open and I'm like I'm there doing my thing and you walk by and you still give me that smile of like, oh, you're gorgeous, even if you're sitting on the toilet. Hey, you're the one that follows me in the bathroom half the time, okay? You're the cat in this relationship. <laughs> it's not true. You just you just always need to go when, me, when I need to go too. Synchronization. All right, so. Synchronizing our <laughs> pooping and peeing cycle. <laughs> wow. Uh... That's another topic, another question for the crew. Do you guys go to the bathroom together? (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting another drink. You you take it away with your article. Cheers. Okay, we were talking about some articles, and I also have some article from something called The Good Man Project. The Good Man Project? Yeah, yeah, wait, wait, wait. It has an undertitle. The Good Man Project, a conversation no one else is having. And... This first sounded like a, you know, good, cool thing. And I don't know exactly how this page works. It looks like it's a project that has a website. And according to Wikipedia, the Goodman Project was founded in 2009 by the United States by Tom... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I'm going to say the name. (laughs) I just don't know how to pronounce this. By by Tom Matlack. Yeah, you got it. Tom Matlack. Tom Matlack and yeah. James... Uh, Hutton. Hutton. Why do all the people that I'm mentioning today have weird names? Uh, as a way to allow men to tell stories about the defying moments in their life. The hope was to spark a national conversation around the question of what does it mean to be a good man. So, I thought this is a cool thing, you know? And... Yeah. How many people answered big dicks? What? <laughs> because you, you sound like it's something absolutely awful that's coming up. Like, oh. Because I'm like, how many no, people replied so, with stupid okay, stuff? So, <laughs> no, so I don't know how the articles are, if they are, you know, have to be approved to be able to be posted or something. But this is one of the articles that was there. Okay. And it was called Seven Reasons to Never Discuss Your Ex with Your New Love. <laughs> okay. So exactly the opposite what we are doing here. All right. So what? Go go through it. Go through yeah, it. and what we are also doing normally because we talked about our exes. Like we know a lot of things. We went into really deep topics. Like we talked about sex and stuff also. Oh yeah. Which I understand when some people don't want to hear about the sexual relationship they had with the like their partner had with their ex. Like I completely understand. Uh-huh. But we are just really open about everything. Yeah. 
there's no problem sharing what you want to share, what you're comfortable sharing, as long as you're able to communicate whatever. Yeah, exactly. It is. Um, I'm not gonna read all. Obviously. Like, all <laughs> it's long. I'm just gonna tell you the um, like the first subtitles. Sure. Okay, so number one, girlfriends are not therapists. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to talk with your partner about things, but yeah. it's not up to your partner to um, cure you if you have no, some sure psychological not. problems. And that's, you see, that's one of the first things that I learned in my previous relationship is that you are not there to save the other person. The only person that should be saving someone is you yourself. Exactly. Like, oh, that was so beautiful, baby. Oh. The relationship becomes a threesome. This, I guess, they mean like if you're really addicted to the, you know, still still in love probably with your ex, didn't get over the relationship too much, like are still trying to uh, process certain things, which would relate to the girlfriends are not therapist thing, mm-hmm. I guess. But like, you know, they kind of, the whole article makes it sound like it's bad to talk about the ex. They have good intentions in there. It's just sometimes not written the best. Okay. It drives comparison. This is something that I think people think it will, or that's that's how they imagine it. Mm-hmm. But it's not really true because you cannot compare two people really. Like everybody is their own person. Everybody is different. Like I'm yeah. different than your ex. Like you, you can't go in a relationship and expect like the other person to be the same. Like everyone's different. Like obviously there's some points of comparison. Like you can, you can in your head compare two people like physically, psychologically, there's different, everyone's different. It's not the point of like, yeah, of course it drives like comparison, but at a certain, I said there's a certain degree, like when are you not going to compare different things? Like, obviously you're not looking to compare like things. If you fall yeah. in love, you're in love with that person. You're not in love with what's different about the, the like with that person. Uh, or like, what's similar. Or like trying to replace your girlfriend yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. actually, you know, some people might to like do this. But, you know, you know because they, con- they are continuing with this point that yeah. it's impossible for her to listen to what, uh, to your war stories and not draw conclusions and compare herself. It's impossible for her to not compare herself. Like, that's just bullshit. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay, if if you talk about your ex in a way that, oh, yeah, you know, my ex uh, with her, it would be way, way better in this situation. Oh, you know, my ex, like she was a better cook than you. Obviously, that's not what you're supposed to do. But if you have a normal conversation, like a really, you know, just respectful conversation about what happened and you're just sharing your memories, your experiences and stuff, then... I don't, I don't think girlfriends <laughs> would be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. What did you say? How exactly did yeah. you say this? Wait, are you trying to compare myself? No, 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 no. You know, uh, uh, my, oh, me with her. Hopefully you, your partner doesn't react that way. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think there's, there's no problem in, in kind of seeing the differences because obviously there's going to be differences. The, the, it, it becomes a problem when you make it a point to show your partner or the other person that what they're doing is inferior to your past relationship because that's that should never be the point like obviously they have your new partner is going to be better at some things and then your 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 ex would be better at other things they're completely different people at the end of the line so obviously they're going to have like stronger set points and and weaker ones yeah so i don't know it's it's that means that it's sorry to interrupt you but that means that if you're doing this if you are like actively comparing and like 
in this non you know non subtle way mm-hmm. then you are doing something wrong. like you have a problem like you didn't get over certain things or like you didn't process certain things completely yeah. it's not like it's not her problem then she like will draw conclusions or it's <laughs> like it's like you know it's dumb for me to think assume to dumb women down or to classify them as this like crazy people that you cannot even mention your ex to them because they will just go bunkers <laughs> yeah well uh, in the first place if you're in a relationship where if you decide to have a conversation around a topic and the, the other person just flips out and gets angry just because you're approaching a topic then you're not very in a very open like communication relationship yeah. and i don't personally think it's healthy because for me one of the strongest point of a relationship should be your communication because if you can communicate about stuff in a healthy positive way then there's no real conflicts at the end of the day there is conflicts but the thing is conflicts can be a very positive force of change in a relationship if you approach it properly yeah if you're not just get upset at the other person and walk away and are mad about them for two weeks or something but if you if you okay you can get mad but if you then talk about what was bothering you yeah exactly like you, you can have you, you, exactly you can have uh, like conflicts or you can disagree on some points but if you make it a like a decent communication around it and if you approach a topic in a calm manner where both of the parties are calm and you you actively listen to the person instead of trying to get your point across and you try to understand their point then at the end of the day both people are just going to understand each other better and once you understand each other better it's easier to understand the other the other person and you just grow together as a couple. You know, like just saying that you shouldn't talk about your ex because it might it might get you into a conflict or it might result into some more um, complicated discussions. <laughs> My English is like leaving me. <laughs> you got this, baby. A few more sips of uh, that uh, cold one you're having. Oh, yeah. We're drinking a little bit of Canadian beer. The thing that was kind of like getting me triggered about mm-hmm. this whole article was also the name of it, obviously. But I, I get that you have to need to have a clickbaitable name so people click on it. But it was all going in that direction of if you're gonna have, you know, this conversation, it might get ugly. So it might be better to not have this conversation at all. Mm. You know, and that's what I see as very problematic. So they're in the mindset of like avoiding, avoiding the drama. Yeah, I mean, they're explaining some points also in a, you know, better way. But then they are still kind of like leaning towards this direction of like, yeah, sometimes better to not have this conversation, especially with your new partner, new love and stuff like, (laughs) what, you know? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. like I, I think I can kind of understand where they're coming from, where they don't, they, they, they're like, don't shoot the gun too fast before you, you're, you're close enough to someone. Because when you're in something new, some people are going to get spooked by, by stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you should be like not oversharing, not overpraising your ex, etc. I, I don't know, <laughs> not overcomplaining and, and stuff in the beginning, I guess. But it's like to be scared to even have that conversation and like shy away from it just because you fear the outcome is not necessarily a good thing because it it stops you from growing and being yeah. able to develop something deeper with the other person. Hey, and at the end of the day, if you just started a new relationship or if you just met someone and all that's on your like on your mind and the only thing you talk about is your ex, then maybe you're not ready to be in a relationship. Yeah, exactly. So that that's can also true. be self-formative. 
Yeah. If you talk too much about your ex, it might mean that you're not ready. But wanting to talk about your ex and then suppressing it, that's not a good advice. You should always feel comfortable to talk with your partner. Exactly. And yeah, the fourth point, like they have seven points, but the fourth one was the one where I was like, okay, I'm closing the site. I'm not looking at this anymore. <laughs> because the, yeah, the fourth point was oversharing emasculates you. Oh. And I was just like, no, no. <laughs> Done deal. Ciao, bye. bye. <laughs> Oversharing emasculates you. Are you fucking kidding me? Are we still in the middle ages where we all need to be men? Do you feel emasculate, emasculated when you overshare with me, baby? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is an article written like for men oh okay I'm sorry. sorry you know like i probably shouldn't be even reading this you know i am like as a woman probably oh i'm so dumb you know i don't understand this article obviously as a woman so i'm guessing you stopped reading after reading that that, that, that line or you finished uh, that paragraph uh, that yeah wait yeah that paragraph i finished but i after that paragraph i stopped reading because okay i'm gonna read this paragraph to you so Oversharing emasculates you. If months into the relationship you're still complaining about your ex's wrongdoings, your girlfriend would no longer see you as the victim of some money-hungry woman or psychopath, but a man who has trouble asserting himself and establishing boundaries. Mm. It's a, kind of like it goes into a good direction. That's what that, that's what I had with all the article, like the, all the paragraphs. <laughs> She's got a, the, the, the article has got a suggesting that suggesting that the only reason you should be leaving your ex or you left like is because she's a psycho or because she's she wants money yeah which is, which is kind of like it's kind of dumb <laughs> yeah i mean like the thought of you know if you're still if you're still talking about your ex already months in relationship like if you're talking all the time about your ex then you might not be ready for a relationship like i agree with the fact but this whole article is kind of like just dumbing women down to this point of like, oh, they were overreact or, you know, like your exes were crazy or I don't know. The first line, yes, you need clickbait, but clickbait can be smart because <laughs> a lot of people will read this article and read only the first lines of each paragraph. There, many people won't read the whole thing. Like most people won't read the whole thing. And if your first phrase is oversharing emasculates you, then people will take away only that from the, from the article. Like you shouldn't have that phrase in, in the article in the first place. At the end of the day, there's dumb shit out there. Be worried or be careful or be mindful about what you read. And don't be a dick. Yeah, I guess... It's <laughs> Wow, I kind of went on the rant here, but what I just wanted to say is that if you feel like you want to share whatever it is, like it doesn't have to be just talking about your ex, but if you just want to talk about your feelings, also if you want to cry, like it's okay to cry even as a man, like not even as a man, but for every human being, if you feel like you want to share something with your partner, you should be able to share something with your partner. That's why you are in this close relationship to be able to be open sharing also hurtful things things that will make you maybe cry does not mean that you're not a man anymore quite the opposite it will it's gonna make you maybe even more of a man of a decent human being a, a well well developed person that is able to open up it's be, only gonna help you be vulnerable people be vulnerable Vulnerable is the strong. <laughs>
All right. So I think that closes our segment on the articles that we found, or I can't really call mine an article, more of a blog post, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, honestly, I don't know if I want to call mine an article. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Um, do you want to kind of wrap this up with those uh, Instagram questions you have? For this first episode, because we are not at all experienced in leading a podcast, I kind of tried to give myself a little like help from uh, my dear followers. So thank you. Thank you to everybody that participated in the polls that I posted on my Instagram stories. I asked you a few questions about relationships and past relationships and breakups and etc. My first question was if your past relationships rather helped you or harmed you more. Ooh. And what was the you percentage? You know, like after the relationship, yeah. how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? What do you think the percentage was? What um, do you think? What was the majority? Oh, that's a hard one. I would say I'm going to go with 50-50 or like close to 50-50. Yeah? Yeah. No, actually, the majority said that it helped them. Oh, which I was, I was so positively surprised about yeah, this. Me too. It's, it's really nice. Well, yeah, I read this and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> nice I, I, personal development, personal yeah, growth. I feel like too often we hear people bitching about their exes or their past relationship when, in reality, you should just kind of take it and grow, grow from it. You know, like under, yeah. like understand yourself better and yeah. understand. Yeah, so it was, it was about seventy percent that said it, that said. It helped them more and mm. about 30% of people bravo, were like, bravo. it harmed them. <laughs> All right. That's like, okay, still, you know, 30% harmed them. But I mean, there's a big chance you're going to have also bad, yeah. bad experiences. And uh, I mean, you broke up for some reason. Exactly. And we're very hopeful that those 30% are not actual physical harm. Yeah. Because that's also, that's also a thing. But we're going to go, we're going to get into that, unfortunately. Ooh. Okay. Next question. I just want to say that also the 30, you know, the 30% of people that feel like it harmed them, you might feel like it harmed you. I also felt that you might be still in that period where you feel like you feel hurt and you didn't get over it yet. Believe me, you're going to learn something from this. I hope at least. I hope it wasn't really horrible experiences that, that really, really traumatized you. And if you had really bad experiences please get some help from a therapist. Don't be, don't feel like it's going to emasculate you. Are we turning into relationship advice radio? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. They should go to a therapist because we are not like, you know, we are also just regular people. I mean, okay. Yeah. Michael studied psychology, but we are not therapists. Side point. That's very important from Natalia just said, don't be scared of therapists. Therapists are a very good thing and they exist for a reason and there should be negative judgment on like people that actually see therapists because it is a good thing at the end of the day yeah if you go to a therapist it doesn't mean that you are weak it means that you are strong that you're able to do this decision and accept that you have a problem all right then i i, I put a question if you still think about your ex hmm i'm gonna say a lot of people say yes to that yeah it was it was kind of more like 50 50 it was 60 percent yes and 50 uh sorry and 40 no oh okay and that's less than expected you know and i was like 
even even if I broke up and I don't actively think like in a romantic way about my mm-hmm. ex anymore, but sometimes he pops into my head. Yeah. You know, and there are situations where like something reminds you of your ex and obviously you think about him. Yeah. And I was just wondering like forty percent of people like don't think about their exes anymore, like at all. Honestly I think that's bullshit. I don't I don't want to be offensive yeah. or anything. Or not, or maybe people are interpreting the question differently. Yeah. It's like, or do you, maybe like, do you still have your ex on your mind? Do you think about still think about them every day? Maybe people are like, no, I don't think about them every day. This question, I could have put it better. I, I just I realized while I was doing the pool and I already posted the questions yeah. that I could have phrased some questions better because they had not clear answers to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. How long does it take for you to get over a breakup in uh, average? Huh. And I was... That's my, a scale, my, right? Yeah, my two... Yeah. No, 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 no. My two... Yeah, it was a pool. So two options. Okay. Less than a year or more than a year. Okay. So what do you mm, think? I think, most, I think most people are going to say less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. It was, again, around 70% were yeah. less than a year and about 30 were more than a year. Yeah. Then again, I think it, it comes down to the type of relationship that you have and the type of like person that, that, that you are. But like personally, yeah. I'm not the type of person that's going to jump from a relationship to another. So for me, it takes longer. Maybe it, it's due to the kind of like relationship I had with my ex that really, that really kind of left a mark on uh, on me for a while. I don't know. I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of variables that come into that. So sure, if you're the type of person that goes from one relationship to another, it might take you less time. But if you're like me, someone who likes to take your time and really find someone that you know, you really connect with before getting into a relationship, it might, you know, take you longer. And it's normal. Both ways are normal. Yeah. No, for um, sure. For yeah. sure. Like for me, when I broke up, I thought it would take me longer and it actually took me shorter. But I guess it was also because I met you. But I have to say, oh, oh yeah, of course. I also have to say that in the beginning of our relationship, I think I was not completely over him yet. Mm-hmm. That's possible. It's normal. Well, and this is interesting to me, um, then it's still less than a year, because I guess for younger people, you know, for those high school relationships, it lasts shorter, because it's not that intense of a love yet. Or it's a first love, and you don't understand yeah, relationships yeah, yet. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. But it still surprised, surprised me that it's it was such, like, you know, a higher percentage for less than a year, because my follower average, mm-hmm. like the... The age of my followers is um, on average between 18 and 33. Young mm-hmm. adults. So most of my yeah. followers are young adults. Yeah. And, and I have teenagers. a... Yeah. It's, and I have also kind of like a 50-50 women to men ratio. Okay. So I was kind of surprised that it, yeah. that it was still less than a year. I mean, there's a big there's a big thing, I think, for um, with our generation. And, and well, we're not quite... We're like on on borders of being the same generation because you're a bit younger than me. Mm. Um, but I think there's a big culture of non-commitment. Um, yeah. And that might explain why like people are getting over people faster because they just move from one people to another. One yeah, person to another. that might be actually true. Like, I'm sure if you if you asked that question for like a hundred years ago, <laughs> the answer would be like totally different. <laughs> I guess you're right. Okay, next question. Have you met your have you met again with your ex or your exes after you broke up? Is that a question to me or do I need to get the guess no, the percentage? No, that's the percentage. Oh, I need to the percentage. I'm gonna say a lot of people, yes. Yeah. Like uh eighty percent. Yeah, yeah, it was close to eighty for people, yeah. yes. 
you know, but for me, um, I met him just once again <laughs> to exchange a game of risk we bought together. <laughs> but it was just once and it was super awkward. Hey, you know, everyone has his reasons. <laughs> but I, think, I mean, you can just bump into that person yeah, also. But I, I think like this is probably due because most relationship happens between like kind of a circle like either you start dating someone you're at work with or you're not you're in school and university or something and you you get in a relationship with one of your classmates or something so obviously if you break up and you still have that class together you you're going to see them in the class or you know whatever you're still in the yeah. same kind of environment or cycle like circle so that's probably why a lot of people tend to see their exes again. yeah for me it was the opposite after we broke up all our common friends like we had a common friends group we broke up in a way that he broke up with me over skype when i was in south korea which was amazing <laughs> on the day of our anniversary <laughs> no judgment but very classy <laughs> yeah really great breakup and then uh, everybody thought that i broke up that uh, not sorry everybody thought that I was the one that fucked up and because I was modeling and obviously I also modeled for underwear and stuff, people already thought that I'm a whore <laughs> and that I... Great. Uh, yeah, that I just fucked up something in a relationship. So after that, I didn't have the fr same friends anymore. Nobody talked to me. So yeah, uh. that means I couldn't, I couldn't meet him again, you know, because I wouldn't meet with those people anymore. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, if they treated you like that, they didn't deserve you, baby. Okay, um, and then I asked the follow-up question, how did that make you feel, that meeting? Better or worse? Hmm, worse. <laughs> yeah, see, and surprisingly, most people answered with better. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, 60% said better and uh, around 40% said worse. So more people said better. Okay, I'd be curious to know why. Yeah, I'd be me too. To know for you it made you feel worse right <laughs> well the context was just kind of bad yeah for me when when i saw her again we didn't even talk i don't think uh it just it was at an, an event and it was just i don't know it just felt weird so it was not a positive experience i guess so uh yeah oh yeah and also back to the percent back to the thing that um, it take, takes people less than a year to get over a relationship. That also was interesting for me because then to a question, if they had already serious um, serious relationships, mm -hmm. then most people answered with yes again. So, you know, you had serious relationships yeah. and it takes you less time to get over it. Yeah. Which is just kind of an interesting thing. And I think that you're right with our culture that this is something that would have been definitely different in the past. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to add to that. Yeah. Okay, we're coming to the end. Uh, how did the breakup happen? In person or via SMS, chat, call, etc.? Ooh, uh, I think it's going to be 60% in person. Yeah, you're completely right. You <laughs> won the jackpot. That's my, that's my, yeah, it was around 60% in person and then 40%... Uh, the rest you're 40 percent. i'm 60 percent <laughs> <laughs> would you would you like like what would you prefer person person 100 person that way you can have like a like face-to-face -face conversation you can see the other person's emotion like, like that's one of the you can hug if it goes <laughs> yeah, good exactly that's one of the that's one of the very important things uh i i think i i took from my previous relationship is that never have 
a serious conversation by SMS. When you are apart and you really yes. can't be together, at least video call. Because there's no emotions in text. There's like, you can't, like someone says something and the other person can interpret the meaning of that sentence totally different just because of their own personal state of mind. And they can't read anyone. They can't see your face. They can see your nonverbal. And you know, nonverbal is about like, it's what? Like it's so much of our, of our actual message when we convey something that when you receive... What is it? Like 50% or like, something comes from... It's like it's 50 from, or 60. It's, yeah. it's incredibly high. It's like 50, 60% of yeah. how we co convey messages come from our gestures yeah. and mimics. So if you can take something out of this, never have a serious conversation by text. I guess also because it happened to me, like I got broken up, you know, in this way. And yes, it, it was a video call, you yeah. know, it, it could have been SMS, which like after four years, dude, if you break up after four years <laughs> with me via SMS already, while all the other things are happening that I said before, then you are really, really, really a fucking douchebag. <laughs> yeah, so it was by video call. Yeah. But it kind of also was like... Bro, he didn't even call to break up, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, sorry, I don't know. You are away, I can't tell you this in a different way, blah, blah. But he could have, he already wanted to break up with me in person. And yeah. then, he, you know, he did it by video call because I Couldn't don't know, wait. but he just didn't have the balls to do it. And then he did it by video call. I was the one that kind of like pressured him into like saying, so what's going on? Because I, because at that point he didn't say, I love you for a while. And it was obviously bothering me. Like, you know, I wanted to know why, what's the, you know, the reason behind that. And he always was like, oh yeah, like we're going to talk about this. Like, I can't now, like, I don't feel like talking about this now. Blah, blah, blah. I was pushing it away. And then during the call, like it was our anniversary and he didn't say, I love you. And then I was like, okay, then, then, then tell me, like, tell me now, like, I can't be here because it was at the beginning of my trip. I was supposed to be there for another two months. <laughs> yeah. I was there for like a week or something. And then I was supposed to be there two more months. And I was like, I can't wait two months and, and you're not telling me what's going on, you know? And then mm -hmm. he broke up with me. His reasoning was that it's going to hurt me less if instead of breaking up with me, he's gonna make me not love him, he's gonna make me hate him. So he started to behave like a dick. And I was, instead of, you know, breaking up with him, because I wasn't with him for four years, mm -hmm. and I loved him and everything, instead of being the one like, okay, you are a dick, I'm breaking up with you. I was just like, okay, what's wrong with you? I'm, I'm supporting you. I want to help you. What's going on? And then because he didn't want to like help, you know, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I was questioning myself, what's wrong with me? What I'm doing wrong in this relationship? Why is he behaving like this? Like, what am I doing wrong? So yeah, really, you know, you helped me with this <laughs> tremendously. All right. So moral of the story, guys. Moral if, of the story. If you're in a relationship and you ever loved that person... Just have the decency and the respect to end things when it needs to end and to do it in the proper way. Thank you very much. If you can, do it in person. And if you feel like you want to break up, break up. Then I put in an extra question because this was something interesting for the breakups. Would you be rather the one that is breaking up with the other person or mm -hmm. the one that is broken up with? 
being broken up. I think I think most people are gonna say that they'd rather be the person that does the breakup, just simply because usually when you're the person that ends up breaking it, it means that you or your feelings have moved on already, or in or already in the process of moving on. Whereas usually if you're the person that's been broken up with, you're not necessarily over with the relationship. So that usually when you're the person that's been broken up with, you're the one that's going to have more pain than the one that's doing the actual breakup. I got that so true. Wow. You're right. And also, yeah, m- most of the people said that uh, they want to be the ones breaking up with mm-hmm. 70%. Funny, it's always the same percentages, like vice versa. <laughs> Do you have more? Uh, I just had like one question because then I realized that not all relationships are one-sided breakups. Mm-hmm. They are relationships that you come mutual. to mutual agreement that this thing is just not working up out anymore. It was like around 40%. Was of, mutual agreement? No, about 40, 40% was mutual agreement. Okay. That's which is like, you know, yeah. that, that surprised me. Like, oh, sorry, 45% even. I expected it to be lower than that. Yeah, me too. And I was, I was actually happy about this because that was the last question that I put. And I was like, oh yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Around like 45% of people still have mutual agreements to enter something. And that, I think, is yeah, really, really a really, good thing. Good. It's, yeah. That's great. That's the ideal breakup. It's if, probably better than a one-sided breakup. For yeah. sure. you I know, mean, if, it's also it's also possible that those mutual like, like breakup are people going away, moving away for school and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, you know, wait, I just, I just thought that maybe mutual breakups can be also mutual fights, actually. Where you, both parties yell at each other that I hate you and I don't want to yeah. see you again. Yeah. For those of you still listening, thank you that you are still listening. We uh, went on a little break and then we are going to be back. And we're going to finally answer the initial question of this podcast. What did we learn from our past relationships? Is that recording? Oh, let me just burp. <laughs> All right, welcome back. We are now back from our little break. And uh, I think you had something that you wanted to add to the previous conversation before we move on. Yeah, I just wanted to say to the breakup text messages and chats and etc. that yes, we said that if you have the possibility to do it in person or at least by a call, but I understand that there are circumstances in which it's safer if you were in an abusive relationship to do it via text messages or also better for your psychological state of being Obviously, when we were talking about proper breakups, like proper, you don't see my fingers, but I'm doing, how do you call this? Uh, <laughs> you know, when you put your two fingers in, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Okay, you, I guess you know what I mean. Like when you were in non-abusive good relationships, good, you know, Yeah. then yes, uh, those breakups are for sure better. But if you were in a dangerous relationship, if there was some real bad, bad harm done to you and you want to get away from it, then you have completely the right to just do it via text messages or to maybe not tell the person at all and just leave. Oh yeah, 100%. Be safe, people. That's the first priority. If you're in a relationship and you think... Sorry. Another side note, I'm a fidgeter. So if you hear that clickety sound some once in a while, it's because I have a pen and I can't help it. Um, so yeah, the first priority is always security. If you don't feel like you can safely end things or if you don't feel comfortable doing it in a certain way, obviously 
do whatever is the best for uh, for you and stay safe. Yeah, if the person didn't didn't take in consideration your feeling, if somebody abused you, they don't really deserve your empathy and you trying to be understanding. And if somebody, for example, raped you in your relationship, because I get messages like that as well, no, they don't deserve you to break up with that in person. If you consider it safe and if you want to do it, of course, but you're completely like, don't judge yourself if you if you just break up via a simple I'm breaking up with you text or just not talk to them anymore. Like your safety is priority. All right. Now that that is said and done, let's move back to the question of the day. So we are finally getting back to the question on at the beginning of our podcast. What did you learn from your previous relationship, Michael? I actually think I learned a lot from my previous relationship and I'm really happy with the things went in uh, general. There was a lot of ups and ups and downs. It was always a bit of emotional drama going on. But at the end of the day, I, I, I think obviously we know by now that I learned to never talk about serious stuff by text message. Always do it in person. <laughs> yeah, that was a big problem. <laughs> we got in so many fights yeah. over text messages. Yeah. Don't try to be a hero. Your job is not to save the other person. There's only one person that can take a step forward and save that person, and it's themselves. You'll never be able to save someone that doesn't want to be saved. You can give them support. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You can support them in whatever whatever they're they're kind of trying to achieve to help, but you're never the one who's gonna save them. And that's a very important thing because at the end of the day, if if they feel like they didn't they didn't take these steps themselves to get better or to change for the better to like fix something that they want to fix then it's never going to be theirs you know when you change and when you you become something and when you you grow it needs to feel like that growth is from you it needs to feel like you uh, like have the power to become who you are and if you feel like someone pushed you or made you who you are then it's not going to feel genuine it's not going to feel like it's you like respect them enough to let them save themselves oh my god that, that was such a pretty speech i'm crying what the hell what are you doing to me you're a psychology student you have the right to cry <laughs> oh um, my god wow crying on the first episode of a podcast <laughs> well done natalia good job yeah Always, always, always. But yeah, crying is fine, as we said. Exactly. <laughs> if you if you're seeing you someone, oh, if you're in a relationship with someone, like respect the fact that they're different. Respect the fact that they come from a different place from you, and because you believe that something is right, that a way of living is right, it doesn't mean that the person that you're with comes from the same background that you are, and that they have the same experience that leads them into the same beliefs. So if you, if well, you I, I know what you're trying to say, sorry to interrupt you, but um, yes, I agree. But there are certain things that are just factually non-healthy behaviors, like non-good things that people might not realize and you can help them realize, but you cannot help them fix it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying about like, there's certain behaviors, sure, that you can discuss or have conversation around it, but... There is beliefs and there is, for example, um, like monogamy. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Like yeah. there's different ideas around like 
everything. And you can't force your own ideals on someone else. It's not fair and it's not respectful. If you if you love someone and if you want to love that person and if you're in love with that person, just respect who they are and don't try to change them. And if you have problems with who they are, if it really clashes, I mean, there is the saying that opposites attract, but only to some extent. If you are way too opposite and you have way too different opinions and you cannot get over with over them, you not cannot solve them with conversations, you cannot find compromises where both parties are feeling good with those compromises, then that relationship is not going to work out and it's better to move on from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And accept the emotions that you feel too. Like Yeah, like accept the other person, but accept also your emotions that you feel about the life of the other person and the opinions of the other person like accept Mm -hmm. both things let it go through your head and you have to decide what is more important to you you know you kind of have to put yourself also at least at the equal position as your partner you know like i would even say that you should put yourself like a tiny bit first well you always want to be happy before you try and bring someone else into your life like that's that's the goal like like your partner is not in your life to make you happy or to satisfy you in any way your partner is in your life as a like a, as someone to be on your side it's not some like you don't want to bring someone to complete you you want to be a, your completed self happy person and then that person is an extra 10 20 percent happiness but at the end of the day you want to be able to be complete and happy by yourself before you bring someone in Otherwise, what's the expectation that you're putting on that person? You're putting, you're starting your relationship by putting expectation on someone else to complete you or to make you whole, which is totally unfair. That person is not there to complete you. That person is there because you enjoy each other and because you have feeling towards each other and because you want to spend time and because when you're with together, you feel you feel like certain emotion, you feel joy, you feel better. But it doesn't. She like Natalia is not here to make me whole. Like, I'm happy and I'm complete by myself and I want her in my life because I want her in my life, not because I need her in my life. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, so... You you should have somebody in your life because you want them to be there and not because you need them to be there. That's uh, that's that's pretty much what I learned from my previous relationship. What about you? I definitely learned to... Well, after the, the breakup... Mm-hmm. I learned how to be my own self, as you said, because when I was in my relationship, and I think it's also due to the fact that we started dating so early and we were that high school love Mm -hmm. that lasted longer and I didn't have this chance of proper self-development outside of my usual friend group and usual environment that I had for years. Yeah. I I feel now when I think back on it, I wasn't myself I was more of like somebody's girlfriend than Natalia you know yeah that I kind of lost myself in it mm-hmm. and that's definitely something lear- I-, I learned from the relationship to not give all of me to the other person or like not to not to put the relationship over myself yeah. be equal with your partner but not put the relationship itself over yourself mm-hmm. then definitely i learned just what i want in a relationship that I, I that i really really need open communication that which we did not have and that's why i when you were saying you need to accept you know the other person etc like i agree with that 
but you need to also really listen to to what you need because I was completely like over accepting even my partner in a way that I kind of was like yeah he has this and this and this flaw which I'm completely not okay with but I love him so much that I'm gonna be I'm gonna overlook this or I'm gonna go past this and like that's why I'm here like I'm the love like the love he needs to be able to overcome these things he was not open to talk about a lot of things I just generally have open discussions about feelings social distancing people yeah Jesus there no we're not talking about corona true true. (laughs) oh we just saw people like outside not social distancing at all from different apartments not talking about corona no corona yeah, so um, I need somebody that's, that has already progressed enough in his persona that I can have this open conversation with. And if somebody's not there, he's not going to get there while being in a relationship with me. He mm-hmm. needs to get there by himself. Exactly. I think we kind of learned a very similar thing, just in like different variations, kind of, you know, to, to respect yourself, to accept yourself, to not change yourself for another person. To not compromise what you want to an extent that it makes you unhappy just because mm-hmm. you you consider uh, the feelings of your partner a bit too much. Yeah, and the, don't don't get it wrong here. Like compromise is a big part of a relationship. Yeah, it's very important, but, but it does, yeah. it should not make you feel unhappy. A compromise is there exactly. to find the middle way so both people still feel happy and still feel okay with the choice. Exactly. It's not there to make one person unhappy and so the other person yeah. feels better. Yeah, and that's basically also what my followers said. They also said that it helped them realize their worth to not let somebody disrespect them. Yeah. Um, This was interesting. Somebody said, love can't guarantee everything. A successful relationship is not the one where the people love each other the most, but it has many, many other variables. You know, having similar plans for the future... um, being on the same like level of like also no personal growth and communication and just so many things oh yeah for sure they also said that it's not my problem to fix that person exactly what we said before and most importantly that communication is key communication is magic people communication reach it (laughs) (laughs) no but this is so true this is so true Oh, because yeah. you know what is a relationship when you don't have communication that it's it's not a relationship it's just a sex friend living or living with someone without talking to them i don't know we're not we're not perfect either and we have our moments where we where we have different like different opinions on things yeah. or where we have differences it's just when you kind of know how to approach a conflict and when you know how to communicate about it it makes everything so much better because you know that even if you have differences or if you have a conflict, you're going to be able to talk it out and not that things are not going to end just because of that one situation, like where you like someone or both had negative emotions towards something. It's just it's about being able to talk it out without creating drama. Living in that atmosphere where you don't wake up expecting drama is so good. <laughs> Thank you, Papa. It's so good. <laughs> Let's be honest. I hate drama. I'm the person that wants, like, I have a resolution in my life is to live my life as drama-free as possible. So every day without drama is a little win in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you should have become a therapist. A therapist. Honestly. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, 
I, I think I'm a good listener, but you I don't want to listen to too much bullshit in your life. Yeah, well, it, it's really hard. Like, cause being a therapist, not necessarily listening to the problem itself, is being able to understand what's behind it. Yeah. And but yeah, it's it's a different story. And also, I also to detach yourself from it, because that's yeah. why I couldn't be a therapist. Because I, I guess, I care too much about the problems of other people. Like when somebody is telling me <laughs> something bad that happened to them, I'm mm-hmm. I'm so empathetic. I'm so caring. Like I'm gonna sit there and cry with them. <laughs> yeah, I don't th- you would you wouldn't be a good no. therapist. <laughs> like I'm a good listener, but yeah. I'm a better h- hugger and cuddler that I'm actually gonna be there and be able to get to the point and solve your problem. Definitely a good hugger. <laughs> Okay, I think that is actually the best way to end our episode. On a hug. On a hug. <laughs> Woohoo, first podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> You're already happy that it's over? Well, happy that it's over. I'm happy because we made, made this. It. Yes, we actually sat down and made this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy too. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as well. It might have been a bit longer than the other podcasts. Are. Obviously, we had to introduce ourselves a little bit. I, I say the word obviously a lot. I have to limit my... No, limit, <laughs> expand my vocabulary. Yeah, 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 there we go. Okay, okay, okay no, see you soon again. Yeah. And stay safe out there. <laughs> We're not mentioning Corona. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Ciao.